Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Speaker Lab podcast for another episode of our Coaches Corner series. Now, there are a lot of fun perks in our Speaker Lab programs, but our amazing coaches who guide our students through the ups and downs of building a speaking business are the heart of our mission. Every single day, our coaches dedicate their wealth of experience to helping our students gain the clarity and the confidence that they need to make an impact as a professional speaker. Today, our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, is going to be taking over the show along alongside one of our other incredible coaches. And together, they're going to guide you through time-tested strategies and tough topics with the practical advice and wisdom that only comes through decades of experience. So whatever stage of your speaking journey that you're in, I know that you're going to benefit from this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic to them. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success. And today on the Coach's Corner, I have a very special, fabulous guest, Eve Gilmore, our elite concierge and lead manager. Eve, I am so excited to have you today. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, this is a really important topic. It's um it's something that we provide for our students. But I think the education around leads is also equally important so that, uh, one, expectations are set properly, and and two, the students can be set up to win when it comes to uh, quote-unquote leads, right? Because I think people hear that term leads and they think, oh, you know, guaranteed gigs, like I'm going to crush this, I get 100, I'm going to have 100 booked in the end of the week. And I think what we really try to educate our students and hone in on is yeah that 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 could be true for some people but leads are not prospects and are not booked gigs until those leads are nurtured. Um, so I'm going to go all the way back with you because I know that you are in the trenches with this every single day. Um, you are behind the scenes doing those lead wizardry uh, for our students and you are pulling leads for our students. And so you, you kind of get this different visual of the whole uh, process of, you know, really seeing the students who know how to speak about their, their business, their expertise, their audience, who they serve, how they serve them versus the people who really struggle. Um, and so let's talk about before our students even dare, and I use that word dare for a reason, but before <laughs> our students even dare to go look for a single lead, what should they be really honing in on first and looking for? Such a great question because you're right. When I am creating a lead list for a student, I can really tell the difference between a student who knows their audience and knows their voice versus a student that doesn't. Um, because everyone wants to get booked by an event planner or a conference manager. Those are the people that 
people really want to get hired by. They're always wanting a lead that has that job title. But if you really know your audience, then you really know the person that needs to hire you. So uh, someone who might want to speak to educators, for example, that's a great lead list to get to pull for because Mm -hmm. they are trying to contact principals, superintendents, and deans. They're not trying to get in contact with event managers or conference managers because in the education space, those aren't the people booking speakers. Um, Same thing goes for someone who wants to talk to people in marketing. Okay, then you really need to understand what you're trying to say in marketing. Are you wanting to speak to the employees of a marketing firm? Are you wanting to help the actual marketing firms, you know, grow their expertise in branding? Because that will really differentiate who we're trying to get you booked with. So um, that's the difference between us needing to contact an HR manager versus us needing to contact someone who's in charge of cultural cultural diversity in HR, you know? Mm. So the more a student knows their area of expertise and who they're speaking to, the better job title of a person we can find to book them. And that doesn't always look glamorous because a lot of people don't expect that the person that's going to hire them is going to be an HR director at the end of the day. But for most people, surprisingly, that's who's booking these speakers. Mm. So as long as a student knows who they're really trying to speak to, the more we can help deliver uh, a great lead, a great contact for them to connect with. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why we really encourage our students to go through our program in such a succinct way, because one of the first things we do is this, get really, really clear on your language. We have them distill all the way down to what they help, uh, who they help, how they help, mm-hmm. um, who's their audience, and getting really specific with that language. Um, would you say that the students who come in and know who they're speaking to, uh, the specificity in their language is what makes them a standout when you're pulling their leads? Oh my gosh, yes, totally. I mean, especially for us in our program in particular, we ask our students, hey, provide your expert positioning statement when they submit for leads. And the difference it makes when a student really has a clear vision and a really clarified voice in their expert positioning statement, it makes my job a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the difference between someone saying, I cultivate leaders in the corporate world. That's a great expert positioning statement. But what a great expert positioning statement would look like to pull leads for is I cultivate leadership in HR directors at marketing firms in order to cultivate a greater work environment. You know, that Mm -hmm. gives me way more information because anyone can speak in leadership, but what kind of leadership and who are you wanting to influence with that leadership? So I would say it makes such a huge difference. The more specific, the better. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to something as broad as leadership or confidence or resilience. Those keywords are amazing buzzwords, but who's the actual person that you want to impact and influence with it? Mm-hmm. So when you say get specific, what are some... Um, what what are some kind of questions, and this this is kind of off the cuff, but what are some kind of questions that they can ask themselves to make sure that they are being specific enough? Um, and, and this is for people who are not students too. Like if this is just someone who's an avid listener to the podcast and they want to go, you know, find some leads online somewhere, what kind of questions should they be asking themselves before they try to go find those leads? Oh, that's so great because I, I think about 
experiences I've had with students so far and the questions I see them asking themselves because I'll hop on a meeting with them. If I'm really struggling with a lead list, I'm just like, you know, there's not a lot here for me. I'll get on a meeting with a student and we'll walk through it. And I see that the question that they usually have to ask themselves is who is the person that I want to impact? Not so much how many people do I want to impact or what area of, you know, my area of expertise do I want to impact, but who is the exact person that I want to leave my message with and know that they're going to go and step out and make an impact with it. And so, for example, if I'm talking to a student who's working in maybe security. Okay. What kind of security? Are we talking cybersecurity or are we talking, you know, actual security when it comes to maybe, you know, TSA or airlines, something like that. Mm -hmm. They really have to ask themselves, okay, do I want to be known for broad security or do I want to be known for my actual area of expertise? And what does that person look like to them? I even asked the student, like, close your eyes and imagine the person sitting in the audience that you believe is going to need to hear your voice. What do they look like? What do they have experience in? What kind of person are they? That really helps them narrow down their niche and their audience. And then Mm -hmm. once we get there, then we know who needs to hire them. But it is really difficult to ask yourself that question because who doesn't want to impact everyone? They want to impact the whole world, right? But we want to be able to start small and get specific with what that person does every day. What does their work day look like? What does their family life look like? And what does their background look like? And that Mm -hmm. will really help us find the correct person. Yeah. No, I think that's so great. Having that visual of like who they're actually speaking Mm -hmm. to is so beneficial because um, we don't want to be able to talk to everyone. Although people hearing me say that are going to be like, yes, I do. That's more money. And in actuality, it's really not. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just got off a testimonial call with a student and she was highlighting how when she went through this exercise of really distilling down um, who she wanted to impact the excitement inside of her, like as she was defining that person that was sitting in the audience and the excitement that was just like boiling over inside of her. She's like, it was such a wild experience because I thought I knew my audience, but when I really distilled it down and I defined her, oh my gosh, I got so much more excited about getting myself out there so I could reach her. You know, so there, there is that transformation that happens that the more clarity you have on who you're speaking to, the more it's going to ramp up your passion and your desire to make that impact. Absolutely. And what I love about that, because it really is a, you know, you have to use your imagination. You have to think, you know, in the future, which is sometimes hard for people, but it is a mindset exercise. If you say, I want to impact women. Okay. The difference between wanting to impact a girl in fifth grade who wants to be, you know, a CEO one day versus a woman in her forties who feels like, you know, all of our time is gone. You know, Mm -hmm. when you think about impacting women, okay, who are you really trying to reach? And when you think about, okay, the person I want to impact, maybe she is a fifth grader and she's going to go impact people on the playground. Then your message, it really does mean more to you because you're thinking about all the places that she's going to touch, that your audience is going to touch. And then when you think about that 40 year old woman that you want to encourage, you see her gaining confidence. You see her getting her voice heard more in her workspace or in her family. When you really get to see where the impact leads, that really helps you narrow down, okay, then who do I want to start with? So I agree. It is exciting. It would give a passion and fire in me too, if I could really see the impact in the future that I might make. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like, you know, before you do go looking for your leads and, and, um, 
you know, this, this ability to, or, or not even ability, the importance of really understanding what you're offering, what impact you're making and how you're making that impact. Don't you think that also kind of cleans up, um, the opportunities and makes it really crystal clear so that as you are looking for leads, you become very specific on, on what becomes your lead. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And something I see so often, I just was emailing someone about it this morning, is they fill out this lead submission form and we say, hey, what industries do you want to impact or what industries do you want to speak for? And I will tell you eight times out of 10, a student will select every single industry. Mm. And that always is interesting to me because I almost always know that they're not going to be satisfied with their lead list because they're going to get it and they're going to look at it and go, well, this doesn't represent who I am at all. And it's like, good. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad you recognize that because when I was putting together your lead list, I didn't really know who you were either, to be honest, Mm. right? If you select every single industry we provide you with, you're going to get a lead list that doesn't really show much of who you are. So I always love when I get those emails because yes, of course, I'm like, darn, they're not happy with the lead list, but it's also a good sign. It's a good sign that they're looking at it and saying, oh my gosh, there's no representation of who I am in this list. So then I always ask, okay, here's all the industries you selected. If you could just only pick three, which three would you choose? Mm. And then- I'll make a new one and they're always satisfied with it. So it does make a difference to be specific and to also just be honest with yourself. Do you actually really want to go speak to a group of people who work in software if your message is on overcoming like adversity? You know, is that really the people you want to speak to? Because that's what you selected as an industry. So I love when that happens because now we get to get specific and I get to see them, you know, have a light in their eyes and a, you know, light bulb go off with, oh my gosh, why did I select every industry? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak to everyone. So it does make a big difference. Yeah. That's so powerful. What you just said, you know, for, for you as our lead manager, when you see a student come in and every single industry is picked, you're like, red flag, red flag, here we go. And, you know, for that, for them to not be happy with their lead list makes total sense, right? Because you're not defining yourself. You're, you don't own any corner of the market. So you don't feel like an expert. You, you feel like, you know, Chick-fil-A, right? You sell all these different things, <laughs> Chick-fil-A, salads, all the things, right? So, um, yeah, I, 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 that, that was really powerful what you just said. I hope you're all paying attention. Um, <laughs> All right, let's talk about the um, conferences and major events and how sometimes there's a mindset that like they're the only things that are the only gigs that actually pay. There's there is this like misconception and mindset around this. Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh my gosh, yes. If I could just like walk around all day with a sign on my forehead that said conferences and major events are not the only people who want to pay you. They just aren't. A lot of people, you know, if you're if you're smart and you really are, you have to do this because you have a passion for it. But if you're really wanting to monetize this and you want to make this a business, 
go and find where people are hiring speakers. And more often than not, you're going to find it in places like the education, the education space, um, the nonprofit space, areas like government, or um, even if you're someone who wants to work to speak in front of business experts. A lot of these businesses, these companies, and these educational institutes, they need to hire speakers. It's actually a requirement for them to foster their culture and um, just the empowerment in their company. So I think about our company, right? We foster our culture here. We are encouraged and empowered to be the best version of ourselves. And a lot of companies are doing that now. It's it's actually a huge uh, priority. They don't want people to have burnout. They don't want their employees to hate their jobs. So more than ever, HR departments, cultural diversity departments, um, you've got people who maybe are the chief, you know, employee officers. These are the people who are hiring speakers. It's it's not this major event planner who is holding a conference once a year. Um, everyone wants to speak for them, right? Mm-hmm. So just like we said before, getting specific with your niche and understanding that the person who's going to hire you is not always going to be an event planner or an event manager. Um, it's just not a realistic expectation. Now, of course, there's so many conferences and events where speakers are, and that's a big stage you get to be on. And I think that's the thing that really excites speakers is, oh my gosh, I'll get to be on a big stage. I'll get to be in front of a lot of people. But the more that my students come back and say, oh my gosh, I just spoke to you know the business school at USC, and now they want to hire me to come back to speak for all of their administrators. And mm-hmm. then after I speak to their administrators, maybe I'll reach a CEO of a business, right? You have to be willing to do the long investment, the, the journey to get all of those big stages eventually. But the people you really want to reach and make an impact with are not always going to be event planners and event managers. It's most likely going to be people who are, you know, maybe even managers at their company who also happen to do all of the events. Their title is not always going to be event planner. I think about you know, the titles of people at our company, I actually reference our company titles pretty often when I'm trying to help people get booked. Because I think, okay, well, who would bring in a speaker at our company? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't always just be someone with the title event planner. We don't even have that on our staff, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to use different buzzwords like culture officer or employee wellness program or employee wellness manager. Those are actually really high ticketed people that we want to contact. So it's, it is discouraging to get your lead list and not see all of these amazing conferences or conference planners on it. But those are a one and done, right? We want to give you people that it's an investment for your speaking business where you can get hired over and over again with them. My favorite example of that is a freshman orientation, you know, at a college. You get booked for that once, you get to do that for years to come Mm. if they like. So um, I think people's understanding of that, if they could just shift that mindset it makes all the difference. The students who have an open mind to that are the ones who get booked very quickly. And what would you say are, I love everything you just said. I I think that that's so important because I think we've gotten kind of consumed, like consumerism is, if you will, like conference, 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 you know, big event, big event. And honestly, you know, 
some of them don't pay that well, actually. Just because it's a big stage doesn't mean that they pay that well. Sometimes mm-hmm. these corporations who who actually do budgetize around this or your your universities or your schools who actually create a budget for this type of incentive, they tend to pay even better. So yep. um, just driving home everything you just said, but what are some um, what are some ways for the people who are listening going, what? That was a major knowledge bomb. <laughs> what are some ways they can um, research these different mm-hmm. titles, right? Because every company does have like, like we say directors on our leadership team where other companies say managers, where other companies say chief operating, uh, operating officer of blah, blah, blah. So what are some ways that our students or people who are listening to the podcast can do some research to mm-hmm. uncover what some of these roles might be in these different, um, I don't, I don't want to say businesses, but you know, universities, businesses, yeah. things like that. Absolutely. It's actually so funny because I'm someone who does this every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and people will be like, you're the lead expert, right? This is something you do a lot of. But we are all learning all the time. And the one thing I would encourage someone who wants to, you know, get online and figure out who to contact is ask Google the silly questions, right? I'm mm-hmm. in Google every single day. Job title of someone who is trying to host more events for their company, but it's under 50 employees and there's not a large budget right? I get really specific in my Google searches. And then that will usually lead me to articles about all the new ways companies are encouraging their employees. And I'll see all of these new job titles of people. So just get online and ask the questions, you know, what is the job title of a person who has the budget for events at companies? See what comes up and then Go to your dream areas you want to speak, right? You really want to speak to a company that has a mission that's you know aligned with yours. Look up that company, go and find their entire staff, go see what their titles are and mm-hmm. start plugging in that title in Google or go and start plugging in that title to something like Intel Engine and see what comes up. And I'm always shocked. I'll see just recently I, I saw the job title. It was... Um, cultural experience for employee wellness director. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put this, you know, into the universe and and see what comes back because I'm not really sure how many people have that job title. There was thousands of people with that job title and you just never known. Right. And so go and search it and see, because like you said, these are the people who have budgets that they actually have to use to Mm -hmm. hire speakers. They want speakers. In my experience in the performance world and with auditions, right, sometimes you don't want to go to an audition because it just doesn't feel right for you or you're like, this is not on brand for me. But you never know who's going to be in the room who might want you for something different. And so I always love to encourage my students, just email the best option because they might to send you directly to the person who does deal with what you're needing. So they have a budget, they want to use it, they want people to succeed. And just like I was always told about auditions, they want to hire somebody. They Mm -hmm. need someone for this. They want to hire somebody. With all of these people who have budgets, they want to find a great speaker for their company. And not a lot of speakers are reaching them because they have these really abstract, interesting job titles. They're not just event planners, you know? So go and find them, go to your favorite companies, look at the list of their employees and see what they're called because 
or no, we're, you know, we're called elite concierges here. Right. Yeah. And we do customer care, you know, who would know to put that in, right. When searching for a job title. So just totally. start looking at your favorite companies or the areas that you're really in alignment with and see what those people are called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another, another quick tip would be, um, go to indeed where, you know, it's like a job yes. search engine and, and type in those, those um, different type of job titles and see what comes up. And indeed might also just like do quick filters to kind of expand that search. Um, Not saying like that's like where you would find speaking gigs, but that could bring you to the different companies that have these various job titles that then you can go to the website you can kind of Absolutely. check out the company, see if things align. Um, but there's a lot of creative ways. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the Intel engine. Our students should definitely get in there. Even if you're not using it to find specific people, just playing with job titles is really smart with the Intel engine. Um, and then, of course, you know LinkedIn can also be really helpful as a, as a tool. Yes. LinkedIn, Indeed, all of those places. That's so great you brought that up. That's a really great place to even see where people with the same job title are congregating together. You might mm-hmm. find a whole network of people who work in the same area that are connected with each other. And then that will lead you down a great rabbit hole of people you can contact for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the other part of this is, you know, um, it's really easy to get frustrated with your lead list um, or just get frustrated with the whole like prospecting process. Um, and you talk you talk a little bit about how your lead list is just the beginning, not the end. So mm-hmm. let's expand on that a little bit more and give everybody that positive boost of energy to stick with yes. it. <laughs> yes. Just like anything in life, you have to stick with it. Consistency is key. And A lot of our students in our program in particular, and I think people who want to become speakers, they get really excited about a list of leads and they're like, yes, I did it. I have the people who are going to hire me. But I cannot even begin to tell you how there is way more no's than there is yeses in this career, just like there there is in a lot of other careers as well. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready to not get responded to, um, to hear a no, to hear that a conference is already booked and that's okay. But what's great is I always tell students to be the squeaky wheel, make noise, make sure that they always see your name in their inbox so that when there is an opportunity, someone could always cancel. Someone could always end up being sick and cannot make it. And they think back to, okay, wait, wasn't that person just in my inbox mm-hmm. asking me and pleading with me, hey, I would love to speak for your company or I would love to speak for your event. So I think a great way to never give up on your lead list and know that this is actually going to be a practice, a ritual and a habit that you have to adopt into your life is make it manageable. Don't set some crazy expectation like for a week straight, I'm going to contact 150 people a day because that is just going to be a wild unmet expectation. Mm -hmm. But maybe your goal is every month, I want to know that I've at least contacted a hundred people. Okay. Now split that up into bi-weekly, see how many people a day that comes out to just like, you know, a lot of our coaches, one of our coaches in particular always shares like that power hour, like seriously commit to looking at your list, emailing people, contacting people, because you never know where the chips are going to fall. You know, I am always shocked at students who come back to me and say, oh my goodness, this lead I reached out to never got back to me. Six months later, they emailed me back and they need a speaker. Mm -hmm. And I got booked for it. 
And it's like, yes, you have to stay committed to the long haul. It is an investment of energy. It really is. And you're really not going to see the payoff right away. So don't look for that instant gratification in your lead list. Just know that this is something that is always going to cultivate connection. It's always going to cultivate a reminder of who you are to these people that want to book you. And it's not glamorous at all. You know, people want to send one email, get a response and be booked. And I mean, I wish that's what it was like. But there's so much that people are receiving every day in their email, on social media. We are overwhelmed. We're in a culture of being overwhelmed by being contacted. So give people time. Let people marinate on your email. Let them, you know, actually have a need and then think of you. Uh, But in the meantime, don't forget about your, you know, warm leads too. Right. up people that you know need speakers or people that you already have those connections with. So then in the meantime, you're at least meeting both areas of need um, because, you know, these cold leads, they are cold. These are strangers and they're getting to know you and you need to be patient with that process. But just know if you're investing every single day, ultimately you're helping your speaking business have longevity. So it's well worth the investment, but it's not something that's going to happen after your first go around with it. So just be ready to maybe not hear back right away and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's so great what you're saying and, and having been in the behind the scenes of, you know, one of the things that Eve does just to put perspective on it is our students submit a form to her and they outline who they are as a speaker, what they speak about, what kind of leads they're looking for. So Eve is in the weeds with this every single day. Um, and I, I think after all of these months of doing this, you're seeing the, the, um, the critical importance of being very clear of who you are as a speaker, what is your expertise, who is your audience, who do you serve? And the more clear and defined you can get with that, the much easier it is not only for you, Eve, to find their leads, but for them to understand the kind of leads that they want. It it just makes the whole process so much more um, powerful. And then the mindset um, behind, you know, do we we always have to be going after the big conferences, those big events, or is your audience better served where they are within their little niche, which you know might be a ten thousand dollar ten thousand person corporation that's not so little, right. right? Or it could be a university that has thousands of students at it. Um, but just understanding your market will help kind of minimize that urgency to have to be on the big stage um, or it might ramp it up. But that's okay because you're very clear on that. Um, And then I think finally what we just talked about, like that tenacity, that never give up attitude and mindset around um, your prospecting. Uh, Because these are, you know, technically we probably shouldn't even be calling them leads yet because it's really not a lead until the connection has been made. Um, They are a list of names, you know. And so once we can wrap our mind around that and understand that, there is some work that we need to do. And I always say this because it's so true. How many emails are in your inbox right now that are going to go right to trash that you're not even going to open? You're not going to look at it because you don't know who, you know, Joe Smith is. You're not going (laughs) to open his email. He's going right. Sorry, Joe, but you're going right to trash. Trash. (laughs) Buddy, I'm so sorry. I'm busy. I got to go. Right. So we're all guilty of it. But yet we assume that every person should open our email. So just Mm -hmm. that mindset shift alone 
is really powerful. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be in their inbox. Let them put you in trash a couple of times. But if you could just change the mindset and come from that place of service, well, they didn't open my first email. They didn't open my second. Maybe if I give them something of value, maybe they'll open that, right? So what's of value to your um, industry? You know, is it an industry report? Is it a book? Is it a, I don't know, what is it, right? Can you add that to your next email? Hey, inside is something really valuable to, boom, right? So getting creative and really being tenacious is very, very powerful in this game of prospecting and leads. Um, And to your point, Eve, how you said, have that prospecting hour on your calendar, Monday through Friday, Um, make it a non-negotiable we have students who get up an hour early uh, to make sure that they get this in because they're also working full time and they're raising children. So for some, that means they're getting up at four or four thirty in the morning to make sure that they get this done. It has to be that important, right? Yep. So, but I, I, I love everything that you shared today. I think it's such like such high value in such a simple way, um, and that's really what this is about. It's keeping it simple but keeping it high value. And so, um, if you can give one piece of advice around leads, and you may have already said it, but what's the most powerful thing that you said today that if people pick up what you put down, it'll change the trajectory of their lead process? Oh, it's tough. But I would say what I find myself saying most to students on a daily basis is understand the job title of the person that needs to hire you because event planner and event manager is just not going to cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, got to get really specific on who do you actually want to spend money on you. Uh, so that's the number one piece of advice I have. It will really, really benefit your lead journey. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it. You are awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And man, what you have done with our lead system, it's really been awesome to watch that consistency of you getting in there and just really managing the whole process. It's It's been really cool. So keep up Thank the you. great work. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Here at the Speaker Lab, we pride ourselves on the amazing caliber and diversity of our coaching team. In addition to decades of experience and building a speaking business, each of our coaches has a unique specialty ranging from self-discovery to executive leadership, to spirituality, to marketing, to writing, and more. And so whatever path you want to forge as a speaker, you can find someone with the experience and wisdom to guide you on our coaching team. If you've ever thought about working with our incredible team, it is a great time to take the next step. So I want you to head to the Speaker speakerlab.com slash corner. Again, that is the speakerlab.com slash corner to learn more. Also, if you enjoyed today's podcast, our podcast is full of similar coaches, corners, episodes, interviews with incredible professional speakers, and so much more. So I want you to check it out over at the speakerlab.com slash podcast. Finally, got a huge favor to ask of you. I want you to leave us a rating or review for this show. We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can also use to build their speaking careers. And thanks as always for listening and we'll see you next time.